You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. Well, welcome back to Sexy Marriage Radio, where if you were with us last week, we kind of left you hanging, so I apologize. Cliffhanger! <laughs> a little bit for it, because... <laughs> Yeah, we, we had a lot we still needed to unpack, and so welcome back, and that's what we're going to try to do today. Um, so if you've got something that's been spurred and a thought that's come up because of that show last week when we were talking about The Silence is Killing Me, or any show for that matter, feedback at com is how you get in touch with us, let us know what you think, what questions you have, what we've left undone in your world that's not you know that will help you, because this truly is... I think I can speak for you, Shannon. What what we really want to do is with every episode, even though we've got a really large audience, if we're helping one or two, that's a success. Absolutely. You know, th- this is why we do what we do. Absolutely. And I love having so many people approach us in Nashville saying what a drastic difference Sexy Marriage Radio had made in their marriage and that they've been binge listeners for years yep. and all that. Corey, I do want to say my deepest apologies for people who send us a feedback email and we either don't have a chance to respond or we don't or we aren't able to go as deep as they would like for us to go in an email i want to make sure that people understand we can't do therapy via email or coaching right. via email that we're looking for feedback of just give us an idea of where we can go in future shows that will right. be helpful to you but oh gosh wouldn't you love to have all the time in the world to just respond with pages and pages to every yep. single problem and just give them all kinds of free guidance unfortunately we can't please understand that we're just looking for you to help us help you on the radio. Yes. But if you need counseling or coaching, reach out to us personally. Yeah. Yeah. We do work with people from all over the world. Um, we also, there's resources available to help you find somebody in your area. If you want somebody local to walk alongside or fly to one of us to meet. I mean, there's, there's a lot of different ways. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways we can work with people, but one of the things that we got at least let's back up, rewind the tape. Just okay. a little bit, because um, last week we introduced this idea of the silence is killing me based off of an email we received from Peter, not his real name. Um, that and had, because Peter's email had been so um, reminiscent yes. of many other emails we've received through the years from both men and women. Right. That, that he's touching on a subject that uh, he's got a ma- he's got a spouse that won't talk about the subject of sex. They stonewall it. They change the subject. Um, and they have, even though they do have functional level sex, uh, it's, it's not what, it's not the depth that he wants. It's not the variety he wants. It's not the level of engagement he wants. And it's largely controlled by wife in this, in this instance, because our partner holds the keys. And so she gets to control not only the times, she gets to control the level of depth and variety. And that's right. the reality of every married life. Somebody's going to be in control. And right. usually it's the lower desire because they get to say yes or no to whatever they don't want to do or want to do. And then it's up to the partner, the higher desire, to keep pushing the agenda or settle. And that's the crucible both of you face. So. Right. We, we started last week. I'm going to just kind of quick highlights. Um, we started last week on at least introducing the idea of it's worth exploring. Um, is there any kind of uh, 
neurotypical, non-neurotypical, as in Asperger's autism spectrum, to at least explore, to ask the questions. Because it could solve a lot of mysteries for some couples. It's a very small percentage. Yeah, it is a small percentage. At least explore. It's worth exploring to see if you're one of those small percentage couples. Right. And we and that's something you mentioned when we were talking about off the air last last week of you had a message uh, that is is for the the spouse of of how there could be some major health issues that are happening because of the stress involved of. You're just not connecting. You're not clicking. Exactly. The whole sentence that he used of the silence is killing me. Right. I really want to, again, empathize and acknowledge that as human beings, we are born into the world with a biological drive to connect with other human beings because we know that that's what it takes for survival. I mean, babies come out of the womb looking to connect. Uh, with eye to eye and, and hear mom's voice and latch on to her breast and nur- be nourished. And that is something that stays with us throughout life. If we're neurotypical, that we need a bond with other human beings. That, that's why, um, you know, people form families or tribes or churches or communities or, you know, I mean, this is, that's how we are as a society. But if we feel as if we are partnered intimately with someone who's incapable of the kind of connection that most human beings need, it literally can stress you out from the inside out to the point that it's, it creates a lot of physical manifestations. And so if the stress really is killing you, if if you're having a hard time sleeping, if you're having a hard time eating, if you have things like irritable bowel syndrome or shingles or pinched nerves or, or shot adrenal glands or whatever, like these are signs that your body really is Mm -hmm. screaming that something is wrong and you need to listen to your body and you need to see a doctor, chiropractor, counselor, like get professional help. Don't just keep this kind of stress pent up in your body because that is where disease comes from. Yes. And that is what often happens to the spouse who's married to someone on the spectrum is they don't even realize how stressed out they are until their body starts screaming right. at them really loudly. Right. Because stress so. can cause all kinds of physical manifestations in our health. I mean, that's just yes. there's more and more studies that come out about how stress is killing us yes. as, as people with the with the amount that we add to our life. And so when you have that in married life that's exacerbated and, and even magnified, it can really weigh on you. And And that's not just for people who are being killed by the silence. If you feel as if your spouse is, you know, off the charts, a little cray cray or abusive or, you know, violent, that's all stressful too. And you need to listen to your body and and put some distance there and get some help. Did you just say cray cray? Look, I did say cray cray. Is it okay to say on the air? Absolutely. I just, there, there you go. If you listened last week, it got a little (laughs) tense. Well, hold on. Here's, here's some self-disclosure. They got a little tense in the conversation on the topic that we we're talking about. And so I threw in something funny as a sense to kind of break the tension on. There you go. There's just kind of the realization of I'm stonewalling <laughs> it, and I changed again. the subject. <laughs> so let's go well, back. Some people aren't just cray cray. Some people are cray cray cray. Like they, they deserve three crays, not just two crays. Here we go. <laughs> Send your, but we all have a little cray cray in us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, it's. Here, here's where here's where we need to go because Peter's email talked about um, anytime he tries to bring it up, she she shuts it down, will not answer. Anytime he wants to try something new, with, whether it be introduce oral sex or actually have it happen or uh, bring up the subject of sex or try something new, 
he reads the signals as not going there. We got to do what we've always done. It's let's just get the job done. And I'm adding those kinds of concepts to it. This was not written. Right. In his You're email. paraphrasing. Right. But his main question is, what can you do when you're consistently stonewalled in any attempts to talk about sex? And where I want to go today is that question, plus I want to add a caveat to it, Peter. Hopefully this helps kind of go where you're wanting to go. Not only are you stonewalled in any attempts to talk about sex, it also sounds like you're stonewalled in any attempts to try different things in sex. Those are two drastically different things. Right. Okay, so let me—go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I, I just wondered with the whole thing of her saying that it's not that she's opposed to oral sex, but yet it's never happened. How good of a job is he doing at holding her feet to the fire of, you know, well, you said you were open to this, even if it creates some discomfort or tension in that moment. Okay. I would think that, um, you know, there are certain hills that that spouses may want to right. at least risk dying on. And if there's been 20 years of n- no connection like that and he really craves it, is it possible that he can be more firm in saying, you've said, you know, I'm only taking you at your word. I'm only assuming that you're a woman of your word and that you were speaking with integrity, that you're open to trying it. So let's try it. Right. Well, so, so here's here's where I want to go with that, though, Shannon. That's a good that's a good segue right into the subject, because I think of the show we did. I don't know what I want a couple of weeks back. Right. On. So in that regards, because think about it, if we could have a civil, engaging, almost edifying tennis match conversation on the subject of what we both want. And it kind of leads towards, okay, at least now I have a better understanding of where you're coming from. Because that's what we all really want when we think about conversations, right? Is Mm -hmm. I want you to understand, we do this on the show sometimes, that I want you to understand where I'm coming from, Shannon, because if you understand it, then all of a sudden I'm going to get you to change your point of view. No, I'm not. No. <laughs> so, right. And, learn and, to agree to disagree and, too well. <laughs> and vice versa, right? It's, but uh-huh. it's that idea of, because we're not in a relationship with each other other than the way we do the show and professionally, it's right. not a threat to me. Right. right? You having a different Nobody. view is not a threat. Right. And so right. we can have this civil, okay, I see the merits in that. Perfect. Here's where I'm coming from. And then we kind of keep going. All right. Well, if you transfer that into married life, we still carry that same philosophy into it, it's my belief, that if I could just get my wife, and I'm going to use Peter's kind of mindset here, to have conversations about it and then have more conversations about it, she's going to understand it, that's going to open the door, rather than looking at it as if she says she's open, she's not opposed to the idea of oral sex, she's not against the concept, but yet he reads her body language anytime he tries to perform it on her as don't. My question is, how well are you reading her language versus pushing her to say, because my thought is, it's much more powerful to go down on her, have her read, have her do whatever it is. She's kind of hinting at don't, but she's not saying don't, because there's there's difference in the language we say, because one could be vocal, no. The other could Mm -hmm. be, I pull my, I, I, I squeeze my legs together so you don't get access (laughs) <laughs> that right. that's kind of a clear signal. But if the other is just kind of, I'm uncomfortable, it could be not about, I don't want you to do this. It could be, I'm having to grow and challenge my own comfort level with this because it's new to me too. I hear what you're saying, but let me tell you why I'm just extremely uncomfortable in this moment. Go. Okay. 
because I have had clients who tell me that they feel as if they were raped by no. their own husband. And I'm not, so it's like yep. the whole issue of consent, but I understand what you're saying is that, you know, maybe she is playing hard to get because psychologically that lines up with her good girls don't paradigm. But if he just keeps coming at her, then, you know, well, it's also my job to submit to my husband and not withhold sex. And, you know, it, it, so maybe this is the way that she plays the game. But well, for him to say it's not as fun for me to feel as if I have to kind of chase you or pin you down. And because I know that there are, there are men that they are into that. And I know men who are not into that. Absolutely. You know? There's there is components of we need to have conversations about this, but having conversations doesn't make it easier. <laughs> That's the one thing I think we need to recognize is it, all the different gridlock issues you have in married life. More conversation doesn't solve the gridlock. Actions and decisions do. Right. So a lot of times I have to look at this through the lens of, okay, personally speaking, there was some issues that came up throughout our sex life, largely because of my skewing of it at the beginning where sex on okay. with Pam and I you was reading it right was one-sided it was all about me and so she quickly became why would I want to be a part of that but when she challenged herself she now had to confront her own issues within the realm of sex not just what I had skewed it towards so it's both of us having to face ourselves more because I come at this from the idea that we are in this, along the same level of, of development in relationship. And that usually makes people mad when they hear that. My clients are like, what are you talking about? I feel like I'm so much more mature in how I handle this. Well, maybe, but not really. Because there's so much emotional propping up going on in this email from Peter that she allows to dictate terms overtly. He's trying to dictate terms convert, covertly, but what they're right. both doing is they're both propping each other up without facing their own realities. Hmm. So you think that they both have equal amounts of growing to do? Absolutely. It's just looking differently. Okay. So here's what I know that people are thinking as they're listening to this show and hearing these details. They're wondering, like, Corey, are you suggesting that he just go through the actions, not just of trying to go down on her, like one of his issues is he wants to receive oral sex. Are you suggesting that he just start going in that direction without talking to her about it because she won't talk about it and just see where that goes? Okay, so back up just a little bit. The fact that she won't talking about it, the fact that she does not talk about it is still communication. So you got to take that at face value in my, in my lens. Okay. That not that's what we talked ended last week about the the, okay. ep, the you, you you disclosed. And if you haven't heard the last episode, right. you really need to you back need, up yeah. and listen. To listen it. to it because it helps frame this. But it's the idea of not talking is still communication. So right. it's seeing it as okay. If I'm, how do I confront what I really am saying? If I say, let me all right, let me be Peter for a second. If I say, I want to have a more vibrant adventurous, engaged uh, sex life with my spouse. She says at face value, she's open to it, at least to some aspects of it. Okay. So what do I do to make that happen? Well, likelihood would be if I have a, if I'm too propped up is I look for cues that give me the entryway into vibrancy and variety rather Uh than I have to lead it that way. I have to I take have to the risk. It rather than find it. So if I want to go down on her, I start going. 
If she says no, I honor that. I hear it. I listen to it. If, if she's giving me cues that's no, possibly, but it's not clear, then I need to tell her, and this may be where you're coming at it, to, to alleviate some of your discomfort on this, because I can understand it. I don't, this is not sure. at all advocating abuse right. or crossing a line. So sometimes it could be, you know what, you've said you've opened to this, and so what I'm going to start doing is pushing towards it. And I need you to be very clear when you're not. Okay. Right? And Because okay. if it's just discomfort... Okay. Let's, but, yeah, we can work our way through discomfort, but right. if it starts feeling like I'm being controlled right. or manipulated or abused, that's the last thing in the world that any spouse would want right. to make their partner feel. And so I would think that a code word would be really helpful. Sure. It's, it's in know? all, it, yep. It's in, if you Red get into light. some of the more, uh, the word seedy comes into mind, but that's not the actual description of, but if you get into some of the more pushing the envelope types of sexual encounters, there's usually code uh-huh. words that are like, no, 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 because we want to get pushed to something that really does help us expand, but we also still want to have control. Right. Right. So I would say red light would be a good code mm-hmm. word for stop. Yellow light is I'm really uncomfortable, but proceed with caution. Yep. And green light is bring it on, baby. Yep. yep. <laughs> so there is the elements of how do you introduce that? Because that's always introduced unilaterally. We don't ever get, I mean, that's where Schnarch makes the comment of anytime I introduce something this novel, it's, not, it's very likely that my wife's going to applaud. You know, it's like, oh, I'm so glad, you know, maybe in time she's like, I'm really glad that you pushed this to that. But, but it's in the- probably because of the trust level that's there, though, because when a couple has an enormous amount of trust, you're right. You can introduce all kinds of novelty and new ideas and fantasy and role play and different activities and positions. And there's trust. The partner can just go with the flow and no. let you know afterwards okay. whether they liked it or there's, not. But there's, if there's not trust. Now I get you. There's ooh. there's trust, but there's still discomfort within it. There's still the, I don't know, because what we're being confronted with is ourselves. Right. It's this. that edge of adventure. Yep. Discomfort. But... <laughs> yeah, it, it's a fine line. It is. I get it. And and but this is do the Do you think that that's where trust is actually developed where if you let your partner pull you just a little bit out of your comfort zone with full permission even though it's uncomfortable that maybe you can learn to be more comfortable in that space in that shared space together? Well, okay. So let me let me come at it from this way. Cuz to me Trust begins with trust in self. Okay. That's, that's my fundamental belief. That you can hear your own internal voices saying, eh, eh, radar. That I know I can handle a situation because I know me better. Mm-hmm. That if I need to say no, I will say it. If I need to get up and move, I will do it. I, regardless the cost, because now we're talking about integrity issues. Because how often in marriage are we pushed to this to some degree, but we're like, Ah, uh, okay, I'll just go ahead and do it. And then I'm mad and I'm frustrated and I feel taken advantage of or whatever. But it's like, I should have said something. Okay, right? You made a comment, um, you know, two weeks ago from the time of this recording, or when you're hearing this, we were at the AACC conference. And I made a subtle initiation uh, with, with sex with Pam the night before leaving. And she fell asleep watching a game we, we were just hanging out and i'm like hey you know are you going to sleep and i, I didn't I say straight out i'd love to have sex with you before i leave because i'm going to be gone for five days i should have said it that way and so the next morning 
she's hanging out with me in bed as we're kind of getting around and I'm getting ready to, to leave to head to Nashville. And I'm like, you fell asleep on me last night, babe. And she's like, really? I'm, I didn't know you were one. And I, in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm going to be gone. Why would you not want to have sex with your husband right before you leave? And because that's a great way to launch him into uh, blah, 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 blah. Because but you're the higher desire partner. Exactly. That's my partner. brain. Like, if you wanted sex, you would have asked for it. That's exactly it. She's like, well, you didn't say anything. And I'm like, yeah, and that's on me. That's my fault, right? right? And that it still hurts that it's like, crap, I wish she would have picked up on that and wanted it the way I do. But hello, welcome to married life with a different human being. Where you have to be vulnerable and ask for what you need. Right. And so th- that's the idea that when I'm faced with these kinds of issues, I've got to look at it through a different lens to see it as, you know what? It's not that we're not talking. It's that I've allowed what's not being said to lead me to believe I could do something, I could face it a different way. I could, that it's not really what it is. That if I could just have something coming from them, then all of a sudden now I at least know, well, you're getting something from them. Now, what do you want to do with that? Right. Do you think that Peter is afraid that if he confronts or pushes his agenda too much that he'll lose what he does have yes. and that's sex three or four times a month? Yes. I think you, that how, that's the how many struggle. Men would you say, how many percentage, what percentage of not just men, but couple or individuals, how many individuals do you think or what percentage don't want to rock the boat because they're afraid of losing what they 95%. do 95%. And in doing so, there you go. I don't know. I don't know so, that's the, yeah. In, in doing so, are they cutting off their own nose to spite their own face? Exactly. Is it a self-fulfilling prophecy? Yep. You know, like, I would think that that really, that it undermines well, their think, ability. Okay, but think about the, the levels of, of growth that we have in married life, that we push each other to a comfortable level for both of us. Even though one of you, you know full well, they're not happy. They're not satisfied. They're not, but they, they, if they don't hold you hostage and keep bringing it up or do other devious things outside, then we kind of just settle for status quo. We settle for that's what it is. So if I'm going to push it to go deeper, I've got to confront the reality of I may not get it and it might ruin everything, but is it an integrity issue enough to me to really confront it, Mm. to really bring it up, to face what I'm really facing? And sometimes it's worth the risk to venture into that new territory and actually discover that you can get what you want by humbly asking for what you want, explaining why that that's a need for you, not belittling your spouse or making them feel as if, well, you're not good enough for me in bed, but just simply saying, hey, this would mean the world to me. This is what it would represent to me. So that let's go back to the issue of oral sex. Okay. okay. She, he, he likes to go down on her. Okay, great. But my guess is that he's feeling like, what about me? Aren't I edible to you? Sure, you know, he what, is. What's wrong with my penis that you don't want to put your mouth on my penis the way that I put my mouth on your vagina? I'm sure that's what he's thinking and feeling. Yep. So if he were to be honest and say to her, if it would represent so much to me that you accept me, that you desire me, that I am sexy to you, that you want to be one with me in as intimate of, of ways as is humanly possible, like be honest about what it represents. Because for all he knows, you know, maybe that was the first exposure to porn she ever had was seeing an oral sex encounter. And she thought that it was degrading and, and it just represents two totally different things to each of sure. them. But he but even says, that if you won't talk about it, right. But he even <laughs> says in his email that it's not a quid pro quo thing. He likes to do it. 
I'm sure speaking for Peter, it would be, I would love it if it was returned, but it's not contingent. But I also hear in the email, he reads her as it's a no-go, so he stops. He lets some of the subtleties of the way she's communicating be fact rather than what if you're reading it wrong? Because one of the things that I've struggled with through my career as a counselor, but more importantly, as a speaker, is I used to hate to teach when Pam was in the audience. Because I'm, I mean, if you've listened to the show at all, hey, thanks, by the way, if you've listened for a while. But you know where we, we live life, and I definitely try to live life out loud on this show. I will share, I, I want to be vulnerable about my life, my struggles, because I think it just helps Vulnerable begets vulnerability. Thank you, Brene. Absolutely. Thank you, Brene Brown. Um, mm-hmm. But it's the idea that I would hate it because I would be speaking along and then I would have some story come into my mind and I would start sharing it about Pam and I. And, and I usually know, all right, that's the stuff that's off limits. That's the secret part of our marriage that's private that nobody needs to know about but she and I. That's the elegance of married life. But there's other things that it's like I love the strength of my wife in the sense that I could share some of those because she knows it helps people too. Right. But I would be talking along, and she's a right? I would be talking along, and I would see her out of the corner of my eye, and she would shift in her chair. And then in my mind, I start going, "What did I just say? I'm going to get in trouble she's now. Mad. She's mad. <laughs> Dang it! Here we, we go. Do. We just refuse. In reality, her back just hurt, so she had to shift because the chairs were awful. <laughs> it had nothing to do with me. And so, one of the things that's important is to realize we'd like to think we're more important to our partners than we really are. Yeah. Well, and that leads me to my question. I wonder if if Peter is just misreading his wife, but I also wonder, is his wife misreading Peter? The fact that he's never followed through in the bedroom and say, hey, you say that you're open to this. You know, can we try this now? Yep. Is she just thinking, well, it must not be that important to him because he says he wants it. And it but makes he never it easy. Actually yep. goes for it. If he doesn't yeah. ever try it, then it makes it easy for her. Right. And then they're both at a stalemate holding each other hostage to a degree. And this Maybe is where the idea of initiating that is a right. turn is, is scary to her, but the actual actual idea of doing it right. is something that she's willing to go there, but he would need to initiate and it. And one of the things and think about this, because I think it's important for our audience to hear that changing it up doesn't necessarily mean all of a sudden I pull out a trapeze and different <laughs> we swing you know, from the different, different restraining kind of objects, you know, restraints and handcuffs and blah blah. Sometimes changing it up just means I light a candle beforehand and I set a tone that's different. I even had a session uh, not too long ago where changing it up meant they reintroduced dating to their relationship. That they that it doesn't go back into sex at the end of every day. It's just how do you steal time with each other? That's intentional. Yeah. That's novelty. That's connections on deeper levels. And so a lot of times we can get so thought, you know, caught in this idea of my struggle is my sex life, that I don't see what other contributing factors and possibilities could be if I look at other areas of. Okay, so so Peter, your wife stonewalls you in any attempt to talk about sex, okay? So that means you can't have a conversation in the sense that it's an exchange of ideas back and forth. Agreed. You got to have both of you to do that. But do you right. still bring up the subject? Do you do you still come at it not from I'm trying to elicit information, but do you say, "Hey, you know what? I was listening to Sexy Marriage Radio the other day and they said this. I thought it was a cool idea. This is one of the things I want to do with here's it." Here's your code word. Here's yeah. your code word. 
red light if you want me sure. to really stop yellow light yeah. if you're uncomfortable but you're okay with me proceeding with caution green light is i'm going for it yep and that's where we start to look at it in the sense of i'm responsible for my life and my choices so am I living my side of this equation knowing that I trust myself and then in turn I can trust the relationship? That's the paradox that I believe. Most people want to trust the relationship so they can have better trust of themselves. And one of the things I believe is safety and security in marriage never come before the relationship. They come, you learn it in it, right? Right. You don't ever feel safe at the beginning. At the beginning, it's all uh, marketing department idealistic distortions, Right. But when you get into it, you then you have to start looking at, okay, I got to really trust myself in this, that I can handle this, that I'm okay. Am I looking at this through the lens that's appropriate, that's accurate? Because now I can, you know, I, I gave you the counsel last time, Peter, of um, what's the level of eye contact that you've got? I'd be curious. Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Send a, send, a, yeah. send a note. What did you, you learn from that? What did you pick up from that? Because the next thing you do is you increase your side of the equation on levels of eye contact. You seek her eyes out more, and you see if she'll hang with you a little bit longer. And if she then asks, because she probably will if you do this consistently, why you – something's different. Now you've got the entry into a conversation. And I would add to the eye contact as soon as it's comfortable, just skin to skin, non-sexual. Yep. Yep. Just caress her arm, hold her hand you know, just anything that you can do to create the oxytocin flowing, because that's often what creates the bond yep. that makes them want to have sex with their partner. Yeah. Well, Corey, you, you surprised me. I was a little nervous going into the show. It's like, are we really going to have any answers for people to feel as if we didn't just touch on the subject, but not really provide guidance. But I think that you did. I, I think that you've really challenged both sides of the equation Good. to look at their stuff. And I, I, I realize that there are a lot of people really, really hurting out there because the yes. silence is really is killing them. So we don't want to pretend that two 30-minute podcasts should have solved no. all your problems and wave a magic wand. No. But we do say that if this is really a problem for you, get the help right. that you need. A counselor, a coach, a doctor, a chiropractor. Like, it, it, yeah. Just make it an entire panel of professionals to right. help you get the season and take care of yourself and take care of your health. Reality is – when you're faced with these kinds of gridlock things and these kinds of issues, there's not easy answers. No. But you've no. got to look at it through the lens of, okay, if I was to look at this through face value of what's really being communicated, what's my response based on my level of integrity, my level of character and who I want to be? Because even doing that, you know, Peter said, I love my family. I don't want to leave them. Right? Right. So if I look at that, and the idea of, all right, that's what I'm faced with. Easy way out would be to run, maybe. Okay, absolutely, but the cost is high. I was going to say, it's not easy. No. There's nothing easy about running. No, I, I completely, I just say that in comparative. Because yeah, it, yeah. at least it's a, it's a pain that's different. And maybe right. that but seems more alluring. Exactly. So I have to look at this as, you know what? I still have a choice. I can see this as what I've got is functional. All right, maybe that frees me up to start to feel like I'm not as stuck. And now I start to introduce subtle things that are kind of more in line with who I want to be. I start to show it's not all about sex with me. That right. if I try something and she shuts it down, I don't get mad and run. I stay with it's her and say, connection. hold stay on, connected. I want to keep going. Yeah, but mm -hmm. I don't feel like it. Okay, but I want to keep going. I just wanted to make sure it's very clear. You know, and that changes the dynamic. 
Right. Well, this right. has been Sexy Marriage Radio. And Peter, thanks for your vulnerability yes. and giving us such great fodder and speaking out on behalf of so many other people in the same boat. You're not alone, pal. No, you are not. So um, if this touches on something with you in your world, seriously, we, we want to know. Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. If this advice helps, I want we want to know. Um, that's and my, share, this, yep. share this podcast with other people that you know who are in relationships where the silence is killing them. Yes. Help us spread the word about the show. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. We'll see you next time. We love you for listening. 